0: What would we do, baby, without us? Shalala. Hello, and welcome to another very special episode of Alex B. Keaton is My Friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and on this episode, we'll be discussing season four, episode 22 of Family Ties. This episode is titled My Buddy, and it originally aired on March 6th, 1986. And with me, as always, to discuss this episode is my very special co-host, Keith. Phil, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. My buddy. My buddy. <laughs> my buddy. When did that time come out? I on? go, he goes. It's like right at the same time, right? It's gotta be. My buddy and me drink afternoon tea. He's a best friend. And then the, the girl one was Big Sister. Yeah, big or Kid Sister. Kid Sister. Kid, oh, sister. kid sister. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, Kid Sister. Yeah, I never had that, but <laughs> I sure needed commercials. Made by Hasbro, 1985. This was definitely a reference then.
1: Turns out on the interwebs, the first thing that comes up is, is uh, who came first, Chucky or my buddy? <laughs> really?
0: <laughs> There's some definite uh, similarities there.
1: Right? Oh, creepy.
0: <laughs> okay, so, and right off the bat here, another interesting observation. Uh, this episode aired on the 6th of March, and the last episode, I, oh, I forgot. It was something like the 3rd or the 2nd of March. Oh. It was not a week apart. This aired on a different day of the week. Yeah, March 2nd and then March 6th, according to uh, Wikipedia. So it's four days apart in March of 1986. The 2nd was Sunday and the 6th was a Thursday. Interesting. I wonder why they did that. I don't know. And that's the date it showed on Wikipedia and the date that it showed on IMDb. 1986 was an Olympics
1: year. Oh, no. 84. Hmm. 84 was Olympics. That was the LA Olympics. They would have had the uh, Winter Olympics. Winter Olympics.
0: So that could be, I suppose. Yeah.
1: Well, and it was NBC. And I wonder if NBC carried yep. the Olympics back then as well.
0: That would make sense. That's a good theory. Okay. Because for whatever reason, it did not space out. You know, it's usually like when I'm updating my document, I just add seven to uh, the date there and, you know, usually checks out. Now, the interesting thing after this is that the next episode isn't until May of this year, of, of 1986. So, it skips over, like, most of March and all of April. Oh, it's got to be the Olympics then. Okay. So, until 1992, the Summer Olympic Games and the Winter Olympic Games were held in the same year. Really? Oh, here I see that. In 1986, the International Olympics Committee, I think is what it is, decided to place the Summer Olympic Games and the Winter Olympic Games on separate four-year cycles and alternating even number years. So the next Winter Games after the 1992 ones were held in 94. So they made the decision in 86, but it didn't come into play until 1992. Or 1994, I guess. So I guess it wasn't that. I don't know. For whatever reason, they skipped them. Maybe like uh, some other sporting thing. What happened in 1986? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what, in case we don't figure it out, dear listeners, if you got any ideas, why do they skip a month? Because then there's like two more episodes to finish out the season, but they skipped like or almost two months. Maybe one of our brilliant listeners out there can help us fill in those gaps there. Maybe it was nothing at all and just happened to be when they took a break. I don't know.
1: Sha la la la!
0: What happened in this episode? So, we
1: actually have an episode where Alex is the B story for a change. We open in the kitchen with Steven and Elise, and they're just chit-chatting a little bit, and Jennifer walks in, and it feels like it's been a minute since we've had Jennifer like really be a part of the show and more than just like a one-line or two-line kind of thing, and we get a very Jennifer-centric episode. So, she comes in, she asks a question to her mom, and Steven tries to answer, and she kind of just shuns him. She just... Kind of looks, but then she goes right back to Elise. And so they talk for a minute and then she walks out and he feels bad. And he says, oh, you know, I feel like I'm not connecting with Jennifer anymore. And, you know, Elise is like, oh, you know, it's just one of those things. And, you know, next thing you know, Alex and Mallory come walking in and they're (laughs) arguing and shocking. I know, but it's all because Alex got uh, pulled over for not stopping at a stop sign and he got a ticket. And we get this whole hilarious uh, playback, uh, back and forth, of where Mallory really set him up to fail. Because, you know, Alex says that the cop didn't want to write him a ticket. But, you know, Mallory made sure that he got this ticket.
0: She said, don't lie, Alex. That was the best. (laughs) Right?
1: (laughs) Right to the cop. She's all, don't lie, Alex. You didn't stop. (laughs) Oh, a lot of funniness happens in that whole thing. Yes. When they complete their lines, they end up running after each other out of the kitchen. <laughs> so, kind of funny.
0: At one point, Alex almost knocks over the water dispenser, like the arrowhead bottle thing. Like, it's it's wobbling. Yeah, and he rammed into a wall
1: at one point. And <laughs> I was like, oh man, <laughs> poor guy's going to knock himself out. It's commitment. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, Alex has decided, though, that he is going to fight the ticket. Mallory, of course, has to say something real, you know quippy and then so he runs after her and they run out so in the meantime jennifer walks back in and she's talking to elise again and then she ends up whispering something into her ear and steven's just like super bummed and he's like elise what'd she say and elise is like i don't want to tell you you know it didn't work well last time i told you something like this and he's like well now i have to know (laughs) and that's when we find out that poor little jennifer is becoming a woman and she's wearing a bra for the very first time and she's gonna meet her friend chucky Hey, speaking of Chucky and my buddy...
0: There you go. Wow. Have we heard about Chuck before? I feel like he, she's mentioned him before. So she had that other guy that she fought for one time.
1: That was a different guy, though. Yeah, it wasn't Chucky. Who goes by Chucky?
0: <laughs> Apparently Chuck does.
1: <laughs> well, we, and we get to meet him, so I'm sure we'll talk about him in a little bit. Yes. But, uh, so Stephen uh, says, oh man, Elise, why did you tell me? Well... Flash forward, we find out that Stevens in the living room. Alex is talking about what happened with the ticket and the cop didn't want to ride it. But then, you know, Mallory made sure to give him a pen when his his <laughs> pen ran out of ink. And and then Jennifer, that's when Jennifer uh, comes back in from her walk with good old Chucky. And she's going to take him upstairs. And Steven says, oh, you don't need to take him upstairs. There's nothing upstairs. And Jennifer's like, but I want to show him upstairs. <laughs> so... Steven's like, well, why don't we just go downstairs and set up the ping pong table? And Chucky goes, oh, that sounds like fun, Mr. Keaton. He goes, oh, that's kind of only a two-person thing, so why don't you go home? <laughs> <laughs> so he's walking up to the door, and Jennifer stops him and stops the whole thing.
0: Nice try, Steven.
1: Yeah. So we flash forward over to the kitchen. Stephen catches Jen when she's on the phone talking to one of her friends. And she says, oh, you know, Jennifer hangs up with her friend and says, I'll call you in a little bit. And Stephen says, oh, Jennifer, let's talk. And so they kind of stand there and, you know, idle chit-chat for a second. And Jennifer's like, okay, well, I'm going to go call my friend. And Steven's like, no, no, like, let's really, let's talk. And so they sit at the table. They have an awkward conversation. Stephen tries to make a couple of jokes. And every time he makes a joke, Jennifer just stares him down. <laughs> like, And it's perfect, Jennifer. Just no emotion on her face. And she's just like... Did you say something? And Stephen's finally like at one point, why don't you go call your friend back? So she walks out. Alex comes in at that point because, you know, anytime Jennifer walks out, Alex has got to walk in and he's got his camera with him and he's going to go downtown and he's going to get some pictures for evidence for his day in court because he is going to fight that ticket and he is going to win. And uh, Stephen is just telling him, you know, like, you know, let let the law be the law, Alex. And, you know, let justice uh, reign. And so Alex ends up walking out. Elise walks in. Jen walks in. And Jennifer is trying to talk to Elise about the Sunflower Girls group on Thursday. And Elise is like, oh, I'm meeting this couple. I got to get to work on their house before uh, they want to move in with us. So she's still an architect and she's still doing home design. Mm-hmm. Jennifer ends up talking her into canceling the meeting. She's going to go to the uh, sunflower girl meeting. And so Jennifer walks out. She's happy. Well, Steven's like, wait a minute. This is a great idea. This is my way in. I'll spend time with Jennifer. I'll take her to the meeting, uh, the sunflower girl meeting. And you go do your meeting with the the family and design their house. And Elise is like, oh, no, that's a terrible idea. You know, this is a girls group and, you know, they sing songs and they have snacks. And Steven's like, well, the flyer says, you know, come one, come all. I'm all. <laughs> so he talks his way into it. Flash forward to the kitchen. A couple days later, Jennifer's wearing her Sunflower Girl outfit, which, by the way, at 13, she's kind of a little old for that, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And if you look at the group of girls in there, there is a very wide range of ages of who is in this, like, group together.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because the little girl Alice that Alice uh, is, you know, beating up on Steven, (laughs) she looked like she was only about eight.
0: Yeah. But then there were some other girls that were at least as old as Jennifer, if not older. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I don't know what... I
1: guess it's their answer to the uh, Girl Scouts, and they couldn't say Girl Scouts.
0: Yeah, for sure. Sunflower Girls. They had to
1: be Sunflower Girls. So... Jennifer is commiserating with uh, Mallory in the kitchen. And Mallory's like, hey, you know what? You got to go through it. And she's like, oh, did dad ever go with you to a sunflower Girl meeting? And Mallory says, no, worse. He went on a date with me. (laughs) My date sat on one side and he sat on the other. And when my date put his arm around me, dad put his arm around me. And they ended up holding hands. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they end up going Alex walks in. He's ready for his day in court. He's excited. Jennifer sees Alex and says, Alex, you know, you got to help me. And he's like, hey, you know, time is money. And, you know, you can get dad to pay you to hang out with you. You know, five bucks to go for a walk in the park, eight bucks for a, a basketball game. You know, really, you can be making money on this deal. <laughs> and Jennifer just deadpan is like, "Me, hey, thanks for the, the word of advice. That's super helpful. Didn't work. She ends up going to the Sunflower Girl meeting with her dad He's a little bit uh, awkward, obviously, in the meeting. And, of course, the topic that they're going to talk about after they sing songs is sex and how a girl's body blossoms and a boy's body bursts. (laughs) Bursts into manhood. Already very awkward. (laughs) Right? And the leader was the lady from Christmas Vacation. Yes. Oh, I can't wait till we talk about that. That was so funny. I told Heidi, go, hey, look. And Heidi goes, oh, my gosh, what's her name? I'm like, I don't know, but it's, you know. Don't uh, worry. I've got you covered on (laughs)
0: that.
1: I knew you would. So that was pretty exciting. So Stephen's kind of uncomfortable in the whole thing. And, of course, little Alice at that point jumps in and says, you know, boys only care about one thing, right, Mr. Keaton? And uh, Stephen kind of, you know, hems and haws and tries to deflect. And Alice won't let up. And so pretty soon Stephen's like, oh, I remember this girl's body. And Jennifer, of course, stops him right there and says, hey, you either got to go or I'm going to leave because this is too much. This isn't the place. So Stephen leaves. He goes home. He sees Elise and he just, you know, he's berating himself and he's just sad because he wants to be part of Jennifer's life and he doesn't feel like there's any place for him. And and Elise is like, you know what? You know, she'll come back. It just might take time. You know, it might take seven years. And and Stephen's like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it seven years. Well, Jennifer ends up walking in and so Elise just, you know, takes her, her cue and walks out and so Jennifer and Steven talk and and she says, Dad, you know, I'm not a little girl anymore, you gotta give me my space and you gotta you gotta let me grow and you know, he's like, Well things will never be like the old days anymore, huh? And she said, No, but maybe it'll be better. And then they hug. And of course he's doing this weird thing like with her chin and her arm. And <laughs> yeah. like he's just like, you know, kind of like fake pinching it or something. And then yeah. her chin. And but they end up hugging and we get a freeze frame. Oh, I forgot the the Alex part though. Alex won his ticket. That's right. He comes in right before Steven gets there. And he's won. The judge loved him, ripped up the ticket. He's super happy. He goes out to the car and he finally finds out that he got a parking ticket. <laughs> well, he ends up walking back into court, and at that time, he gets a jaywalking ticket. Huh. And so, and he's throwing like these huge pieces of paper, like folded up or something, on the right. table. I was like, looks almost like a an old school report card.
0: I guess tickets were larger back then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess so. You know, Griffin got one recently, and it's just a. Half sheet of paper kind of thing. A little teeny tiny piece of paper.
0: Well, because you got to do it all online now. There's no form to Uh, fill out physically, right? Right. He had to do traffic school.
1: And I don't think he was in traffic school online for three hours. And he was done. Signed off. Got the certificate. I remember going to traffic school and sitting in this weird, you know, you'd be in a hotel or one time I did it over at the adult ed center in town and it's like eight or nine hours. There's a lunch break and uh. it's like, oh, it was your whole day. Yeah. Your whole day was trash.
0: Have I already told about mine? Because I know that I feel like maybe I told it here or I'm in an orange show. Does that ring a bell? I don't remember you talking about it. So I've only had to do it one time. I got a I got a speeding ticket. It was on the freeway. We we're going to Disneyland. I was excited. And I got pulled over. The kids are crying in the back. And I got a speeding ticket. Whatever. <laughs> a speeding ticket. And they said I could do I could do online traffic school. And so I don't remember exactly how it worked. But like I went online to do it. And there was a part in the form you had to fill out. And I whatever it was, I did it wrong. Like I was selecting that I was going to do traffic school, but the way it was worded was weird, and I actually, like, declined doing the traffic school, but I didn't realize it. So I declined it, but the traffic school is like a third-party website, right? So I did Mm -hmm. the whole thing. I paid the money to the traffic school and then went to, like, turn it in, and they're like, oh, you declined it. You have to come into court now. And I was like, what? What?" Something about the way that I did I can't remember the details now. Janelle could probably, like, say it more accurately, but one way or another – I had, like, messed up, so I had to go down to the court, which, in this case, was in Moreno Valley. So, you know, oh. a little bit of a drive. It's just, like, further down in Moreno Valley. I had to go down there and, like, wait forever in this huge queue and finally got to talk to someone and explain, like, look, I just filled out the form wrong. Like, I did the traffic school, and they had to get, like, a higher up. I had to go before a judge to, like, get it, like, straightened out. They couldn't just straighten it out because of the way I'd done it, so I had to wait and it was like really briefly just to go before the judge. And they're like, yeah, okay, we got it. We'll figure it out. And they fixed it. I still had to pay the fee again, though, because I, so like the oh, fee yeah. was like more expensive because I'd already paid for the other thing, but I messed it up. But they got it all straightened up. But I had to go down there twice, too, because I forgot this. The first time I went down there, I waited and waited in line. And like they were so backed up, I never got called, even though I was there, you know, because it was like after school. Right. So I don't know. I was yeah. there like an hour and a half before they closed, but they never got to me. So, I had to go back again during oh the middle of the day. My gosh. Nightmare. And then just wait for hours and hours. Horrible. Oh. And I thought it was going to be so easy. Oh, I got it done online. Ha ha ha. Oh, no. That's where no. I was wrong.
1: Well, now it's much easier because, you know, Griffin paid his ticket online and selected the traffic school. And then we waited. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you like, are they going to send you the traffic school stuff or what? And it came after like a couple of weeks after he paid the ticket. And it just said, look, you know, here's all your traffic schools. You can do the online or you can do a in-person one. You choose. And then just do it, you know, with like a little bit of time before the end date. Right. And that way they'll file the paperwork through DMV. DMV notifies the court and then you're good to go. So I hope that's the way it works. I, I hope he, so. He did traffic
0: school. <laughs> I'm just bad at filling out forms is what I think. I don't think that uh, I did whatever it was. I did it wrong. <sighs> so don't speed, kids.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't. It's not worth it.
0: Well, I feel for Alex in this scenario.
1: Yeah, because I wonder what the... Well, I'm sure the running a stop sign was probably more expensive than a parking ticket and a jaywalking
0: ticket. Yeah, because it's not a moving violation. Because I've gotten a few parking tickets in my day. I mean, they're not great, but it's definitely cheaper.
1: I got one at Lake Paris one time because we got there before they had opened the park. So you were just supposed to put money in an envelope and then put your license plate on it and throw it in this thing. Well, I didn't know, so I didn't do it. (laughs) And, yeah, that ticket was like $150. I think it was only like $30 or something just to park there.
0: Would have been cheaper. Yeah. I had a run for a while where every time I would go out to L.A., I got a parking ticket because their parking stuff is dumb there. Like, anywhere you go, the signs are confusing. You don't know where you can park. You don't know what's what. And... The worst one was I got a ticket for parking on the street. I double-checked because I'd already gotten a ticket for, you know, other things before. Like, I was in a permit zone during the wrong hours or whatever. So, I made sure all the signs around, everything was good. Found, like, this little hill near where the place we were going and parked on there. Came back to the car. Got a ticket. Not for being in the wrong place, but because I didn't have my wheels turned against the curb when I parked. Shut up. And the ironic part is that when I took my driver's test when I turned 16... I got near perfect score. I just got dinged a couple of points because I didn't turn the wheel against the curb. And I was like, "Well, that's dumb. When am I ever going to need to know that? And then I got a ticket and I'm like, dang you.
1: (laughs) Curse you, DMV. I could see
0: that driver instructor now laughing over his clipboard. Uh, (sighs) Oh, gosh. Anyway. I didn't think they make you do that anymore. No, I felt like it was like the 1950s or something. Right? It wasn't even you that steep have to of a hill. A three point turn anymore. I mean, parallel parking. You don't parallel park anymore. I didn't have to parallel park. I had to, and Janelle had to, but I didn't have to. Yeah, which is a good thing because I might have taken a few more times to pass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe in Big Bear though they don't have parallel parking, and so they're like, ah, it's fine. Well, but
0: I had to take it. They don't have a DMV in Big Bear, so I had to go down to uh, Victorville down in the desert. Oh, That's where yeah. We don't have uh, services like that up in the mountains. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think of that. They don't now either, do they? No, it's still not. And there's a really good room escape up there, I heard. Oh, really?
1: Maybe we should tell our listeners what we're talking about. So if they ever want to do a room escape in Big Bear,
0: they will know what to do. Here in Southern California, in uh, Big Bear, Southern California, Mountain Room Escapes. And our listeners might even recognize it because if you go to our actual website, it redirects to like mountainroomescapes.com. Alex Buchanan is my friend, something like that, because they, uh, help us with our hosting and my brother and I can never figure out how to not have it say mountain room escapes on it. And I was like, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Like no one's coming to our site and going, Oh, what is this? You know, like
1: what's this mountain room escapes? Most thing? people
0: are going to listen on another platform anyway. So I don't care. We, I'm done. Let's go play a game or something. Yeah, exactly. It's a great room escape. I don't know for sure. Like I think maybe we set up a discount code at some point but i know for sure that mandarian which is my other show if you use code mandarian you get like a discount on booking up there so oh nice If you tell them alex p keaton is my friend someone will probably direct you like to get a discount but it depends on who you talk to you know so i'm on our website and it doesn't say mountain room escapes it doesn't at the in
1: the like no the address bar at the top no it just says alex p is my friend.com oh, that's good it also says it's a family ties podcast hosted by phil vecchio Oh, does, does it doesn't even see you. Oh, sad. No. Well, no, I'm hoping that maybe by season uh, six, that's when <laughs> you get added you, to the you'll show. you my name on there, too. Well, that does
0: <laughs> tell you how long it's been since I've actually updated the site outside of making the post of the episode. Great page, though. I mean, it's got all of our episodes posted, players. You can listen at work, you know, and we're safe for work. That's right. Although this episode toes the line there. This one did get a little steamy there. Yeah, it did. With uh, blossoming women's bodies and uh, (laughs) bursting men.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the uh, imagery was too much.
0: Too much, I tell you. (laughs) Also, I mean, okay, so outside of like Stephen being in that scene, like, you know, awkward and I can't believe you're here, Dad, you're embarrassing me. If I was a father, I would be like, okay. I'm looking around, there's a wide range of girls from, like, very young to way too old. And then this, like, random lady is, like, having, like, a sex talk with them. And I'd be like, did you get the parents' permission for this? This feels, this doesn't feel right. Right? Yeah.
1: I can't imagine that they're all going to sit around talking about that kind of stuff. And, you know, you younger girls learn from the older Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Wait a minute. No, that's, that's (laughs) not right. That's not right at all. no
1: how about hey older girls let we're gonna meet at a separate time and only talk about that if we have to in the first place
0: yeah because when they ask the one girl like tell us about your date and she starts going on like girls listen in i'm like oh my gosh like again if i was was there as a dad i'd be like okay this is not this is not right you know this needs to stop here (laughs) we gotta go redirect here here's a different time i guess (laughs) (laughs) but wow (laughs) Whew.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure it was a different enough time. No.
0: I think it was just a foil for the show. If they had all been like Jennifer's age, it might have felt different. But because they had all the like real young ones in there, it was, ooh, it was hard. It was hard to watch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Super awkward. So I don't blame Steven. It would have been weird to be in that scenario. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Now, if I was him, I probably would have shut up a lot sooner than he did. But, you know. <laughs> right? We're not all and perfect. And I don't think
1: I would have said oh, she had such a, a great body <laughs> yeah. or something. That's all gross. Dude. Dude.
0: <laughs> Up until this point, I was on your side, Stephen. but you just, like, you made it weird. Yeah. Uh.
1: Well, and then he even had a, a point, like, right at the very end, Jennifer's like, so if I would have went and played basketball with you, we wouldn't have gone through this. And he's all, well, hold on. I'm like, no, that's hundred percent what would have happened. That's
0: absolutely right. He wouldn't right. have done any of this other nonsense. She would just, he, she wouldn't like give him the time of day. So he like wrestled his way in there, and it was he could have been more and it mature. Was all to her
1: detriment. Yeah,
0: Jennifer's kind of being a brat. Yeah, she was a brat. Sha la la la. I can tell you all about the guest stars from this episode. Oh yes, please tell us about the guest stars. Oh, I love this part. Well, we had quite a few uh, guest stars that were credited. Five, in fact. So we'll we'll go through them. But up front, the first one, of course, that you recognize, Mrs. Carpenter, who was the Sunflower Girl uh, troop leader, or whatever you call it, played by Miriam Flynn, who you correctly identified as Aunt Catherine from not just Christmas Vacation, but the original Vacation, Vegas Vacation, Christmas Vacation, and she was even in Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure, the straight-to-video spinoff without Chevy Chase. Wait, there's a Christmas Vacation 2? Yeah, I've never brought myself to watch it because I've just heard it's so terrible, and I don't want to think poorly of Cousin Eddie, although I know he's like crazy in real life, you know? Yes. But I just— wait, Christmas Vacation 2? Yeah, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. They go to, like, Hawaii for Christmas. And he's no. in it, and she's in it. I think they're the only, like, you know, original cast members that are actually in the movie.
1: Oh, my gosh. That sounds amazing.
0: And I've actually thought of watching it occasionally, but, like, it's not for free of streaming anywhere. Like, I'd have to buy it. And then I really don't think I could, like, pay for it and then be just utterly disappointed, you know.
1: Fred Willard is in
0: it. Ed Asner? There's a different Audrey? What's the review? The rating is... Oh, it, 2.7 out of 10. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared. But it he,
1: says 54% of people like the movie.
0: I just haven't done it yet. Maybe if it goes on one of the platforms with like the many, many stupid things that we pay for streaming, if it's free, I'll watch it.
1: Eric Idle is in it.
0: I guess that he would be another returning actor, although it's funny because he was in European Vacation, the one, the only one of the original movies that Cousin Eddie and Aunt Catherine are not in.
1: Oh, Mae Whitman is in it, Daryl Hannah, Famke Jansen. This has a
0: huge cast. It's Cousin Catherine, isn't it? Because he's Cousin Eddie. They call her Cousin Catherine. Yeah. Not Annie. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you know who I'm Oh my gosh, this is incredible. I didn't even know this was the thing. It's haunted me for some time now. <laughs> it came out in 2003. I have not been able to bring myself to watch it yet. Oh,
1: we're going to watch this, Phil. <laughs> this is
0: totally a special episode. All right, well, Catherine Johnson's in it. I mean, Catherine Johnson. That's her character. Miriam yes. Flynn is in it. So, she's actually got quite a large body of work um, as an actress. She's got 161 credits. The vacation movies are the most important thing, but a few other highlights. She did do um, an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is cool. Oh. She's done uh, pretty extensive voice work. She's got a lot of voice work she's done, including, this is pretty funny, she's in like every Land Before Time movie. As Grandma Longneck, or at least I think most of them, and the spin off TV show. Now, for those not familiar, Land Before Time was like a 1980s Bluth. uh, Was it Bluth? George Bluth? That can't be right. No, that was, that's from Arrested Development. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the blue? Don Bluth. There you go. Don. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bluth, <laughs> George yeah. Michael. No, I can't remember. Yeah, George, Buster. Yeah, uh, maybe. So, anyway, Don Bluth. He's movie. got a hook for a hand, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because of that loose seal. <laughs> uh, oh. Don Bluth movie and... They have made, uh, up until at least the last one that she was in, uh, was in 2016, and they're on The Land Before Time 14. Shut up. 14. And she's Grandma Lomneck and all of them, plus there was like a TV show and she's in that as well. 14 is called Journey of the Brave, by the way. That's like Ice Age movies. I mean, they just keep
1: cranking them out. They just
0: keep going. And I've, well, I've seen the first one, and I think maybe like we watched one or two of the... Like early sequels with our kids, and I was like, "Oh, these these, the the quality falls off quickly." I'll just say, "Oh yeah, well, it was never a great movie." I feel like it was fine. It it was it was fine. It was totally fine for what it was. But yeah, so a fill fine is most people's. "Mm, No thanks. Yeah, exactly. It was (laughs) it did not justify one sequel, let alone thirteen in a TV show. (laughs) Thirteen? Yeah.
1: Holy cow! That's so crazy.
0: I don't know if they stopped making them or if she's just not in them. I didn't look that much further into it, but I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> well,
1: that'll give you something to do later tonight.
0: I'm sure I'll get right <laughs> on that. Yes,
1: I bet you will.
0: Okay, a couple other highlights. She also had a small role in Waiting for Guffman, the Christopher Guest mockumentary. That is an absolute masterpiece if you've never seen it. Have you seen Waiting for Guffman, Keith? I haven't. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this movie was Whoa. like integral into, to Janelle and I even like being together. We Why? watched How? this movie and loved it in college, and they did a thing okay. in college uh, at our school. and I'm sure, like, lots of schools did it, probably high schools, too. They called it Mock Rock, but it's basically like a lip sync contest where mostly you would pick, like, songs from a movie or a musical, and then, you know, you would act them out. You would lip sync to the soundtrack, but you would try to have fun or funny choreographies, right? And then people would <laughs> vote on them, and I was like, this, it was a big thing they did every year. They called it Mock Rock. And I was in several of the Mock Rocks my freshman year. I did the Men in Tights song from Robin Hood Men in Tights. Nice. We won for Best Costume that year. Another year I did, uh, I helped out with the Captain EO one. Janelle did the choreography. I was almost in it, but then I just got tired of doing the dance part. But I did edit the soundtrack for it, so that was big. But the biggest, most important one was Waiting for Guffman. It's a... It's like a mockumentary. It's about a small town, and they put on a play. It's like a musical that was written about the history of the town for, like, their centennial celebration or something. And it's one of the funniest, best movies of all time. It stars and stars written and directed by Christopher Guest. It's mostly improv. It's, it's basically in the style of This is Spinal Tap. I'm sure you've seen that, right? I have actually seen okay. that one, yes. So it's like that kind of thing where it's sort of, like, improvised and... Just like hilarious, and Christopher Guest, a lot, all the people. I think all of them from Thatter are in Guffman. Though I'm not sure about Harry Shur. He was in some of the later ones, but anyway. A lot of a lot of the same actors, same kind of style. And so it's about them putting on this musical. And so throughout the movie, you see, like, snippets of this musical, and it's, like, terrible. You know, it's small town, <laughs> really bad actors. And the whole thing is that uh, Waiting for Guffman, they um, are under the impression that a guy is coming from Broadway to see their play and maybe, like, have them do a production of it on Broadway, which is, you know, laughable, of course. But that's kind of the whole premise. And so... For this thing, it, it's a pretty like under the radar movie for you know most people, I suppose. So we did for Mock Rock all the songs from this in kind of a montage, and Janelle and I are in it together. And I would say probably ninety percent of the people in the room had no idea like what we were doing; they'd never seen the movie or whatever. <coughs> probably about ten percent said we were like total geniuses. We didn't win any prizes at all. Because like and there was only like, I think we we're like the only group that didn't win a prize because nobody knew what we're doing. But the best part is if you watch because we like have video of it in the sh- in the movie, there it's a play. and so people are like real excited and applauding. And so in our soundtrack, when I edited it, I left all the applause in. So if you watch the video, it sounds like everyone is super excited about us. but it's just because <laughs> I left applause in the soundtrack. it was like a dead room other than that. Fantastic. <laughs> and so the finale of it is a song that in the play is very romantic and of course it's very silly but then it kind of flipped romantic again because janelle and i played the part and uh it was like very sweet and everyone's like oh and not too long after that we actually started dating and uh well here we are now
1: well here you are now
0: one step after that (laughs) <laughs> so many years later. It's a Great movie. Wow. Oh, all right. I mean, I'm looking at the cast. It's an
1: all-star cast.
0: That's fantastic. Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, etc, etc, etc. Fred uh yeah. Fred Willard. It's um Oh, uh,
1: RIP Louis
0: Arquette. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, it's you, Have you not seen like Best in Show either or Mighty known. Wind? Oh, Keith. I know I say you got to watch all these things, but you've got to watch this. <laughs> it's phenomenal.
1: I think I need about four years just to sit down and watch things.
0: I mean I have a pretty good list for you if you want. I'll just I'll print it up. <laughs> just take some time <laughs> off work. Just get caught up. Let me know when you're done. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'll just go from one to another. That's good. I'll throw Christmas vacation two in the mix.
0: <laughs> well, that was wow. a big sidetrack for all that, but Guffman is is fantastic. One of my one of my favorites. Yeah, that's looks good. Lots of other stuff. I won't go into too much more, but she did other TV shows. Silver Spoons, Webster, Cheers, Riptide. She did voice acting for The Tick. She was in the movie Babe. All all kinds of stuff. Tons and tons of things. But she also was in Mr. Mom and National Lampoon's Vacation in the same year, 1983. I mean, that's... That's like a stellar wow. a stellar yeah, year for her. That's like a highlight year. So this was three years after that. She'd already done uh, the first vacation and Mr. Mom, and now she's on family ties, so you can see. But sadly, this is the only appearance of Mrs. Carpenter. Oh. Maybe not so sadly, since uh, whew, I don't know if I can handle another scene with the with the sunshine <laughs> girl or sunflower Girls. <laughs> what a group. What a group.
1: Cool outfit, though. I liked when Jennifer walked home. Walked in the door, and she's wearing, like, a
0: full trench coat. Yeah, with the yellow hat. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty great. All right, well, I'll go through the other ones quick, and they're a lot faster here. Uh, Chuck, this was Jennifer's friend guy that we met briefly, uh, played by Dion Rotman. He's an actor who only has four credits to his name, so I'm just going to read them all. Uh, This was his first role as Chuck in Family Ties, the one and only appearance in Family Ties, so he's not a... Long-term romantic uh, prospect for Jennifer. Oh, that's good. He seemed a little uh, goofy. He is he funny, but I don't know if he's right for Jennifer. I'm not ready for that yet. No. Then he was in an episode of Our House uh, with, what's his name? Grady's Oats. Wilford Brimley. That his show. Oh, nice. Yeah, episode of that. Okay. He was in an episode of Day by Day, which is the one that we have a crossover with Family Ties later on. Oh, okay. Although it's not the one that they cross over with, and it's not the same character. So,
1: Oh, oh okay. Not to cool. get your
0: hopes up. I looked, because I'm like, oh, what? But it's not the right one. And then he was in a short film fairly recently called Fear Within, and that's it. Recently? Well, 2004. Oh, okay. Relatively recently. So then we have the uh, Sunflower Girls. Um, we have Alice. She's got 23 acting credits. Not a ton, although she did have a recurring role on Full House. She, uh, I think, for six episodes between the original series and the reboot series. And then she was a few other things here and there. Mr. Belvedere. She was in the original Children of the Corn movie, which I thought was pretty funny. Oh. And she was also in Cabbage Patch Kids First Christmas. <laughs> so, it's quite is, a... Is that a live-action movie? No, it's a. she did the voice for that. Oh. But I thought okay. it was funny that she was in Children of the Corn and Cabbage Patch Kids. But two very, very different movies about... Young vegetables, so
1: <laughs> young vegetables, ah, oh, that's funny.
0: But this was <laughs> her only appearance on Family Ties, so we're not going to see her again.
1: Oh, well, I guess that makes sense, you know. No more Sunflower Girls, no more Alice.
0: Yeah, I think we're done with Sunflower Girls because Jill was played by Laura Jacoby, another actress who you know seems like she hasn't done a whole lot recently. She has 29 acting credits including such appearances as TV shows like Parker Lewis Can't Lose, Mr. Belvedere, but a different Mr. Belvedere episode, Punky Brewster, Night Court, Highway to Heaven, etc., etc. She was also in a few interesting movies, Uncle Buck with John Candy, Punchline with Tom Hanks, and Valley Girl with Nicolas Cage. Oh, wow. But this was her only appearance on Family Ties. Shelley, played by Jenny Havens, This actress only has three credits to her name, so I'll just read them all. Finder of Lost Loves, she was in the movie Wildcats in 1986, and then she made this one appearance in Family Ties. However, her credit, for some reason, reveals an interesting thing, because it does show she comes again in a future episode Because they use footage from this episode in an upcoming clip show.
1: Oh, interesting. Yes,
0: so we do see Shelly in a 1987 episode again, but it's archive footage only.
1: So we know that there's at least one clip show and we're going to relive this moment again. That's
0: right, so look forward for that in Mm. the future. Maybe we'll remember that (laughs) when we get there. (laughs) I hope we do. I hope we do. And that's (laughs) it for guest stars.
1: Sha-la-la-la!
0: Did you notice how Elise eats a banana? Oh no. Very weird. It was like in the opening scene, and Elise goes to the bananas. First of all, she picks up the banana and the stem is like pre-cut off. So there's like it's chopped off the top. There's a little bit of the inside of the banana exposed and it's all brown. Right? Like gross. Like it's been sitting there. And she takes it there, but then she peels back the skin and she gets a knife and she stands there and like chops out chunks of banana out of the skin that's already been, like, pre-cut open. That's weird. I, I've never seen someone eat a banana that way before, and I didn't know if that was, like... Is that an experience other people have had, or is that, like, just totally bizarre? I've never heard of that. No, I have seen people say that
1: you got to open a banana from the other side, not
0: from the stem side. I, I've seen that, and I, I've seen the argument for that. I get it. But I don't think a banana is hard enough to need a knife. Yeah. With the one exception, I suppose... If you're cutting up a banana to put into a bowl of cereal, it's, you know, get a butter knife and chop 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 real quick, you know. I get that. But not not to just eat. So I like a
1: really green banana, and a lot of times, you know, when you try to peel it from the stem, it doesn't work. So sometimes you do have to get a knife to kind of cut through the skin a little bit just to open it, but I'm not cutting the banana and slicing it into my mouth kind of a thing either.
0: And you're also not pre-cutting that stem and then leaving it on the counter for later. Like you cut it no, and then you well, peel it. Like that's an immediate use thing.
1: Yeah, well, and you would think that they would just be like, hey, just use a different banana for
0: this next take. Right. I'm sure that's <laughs> what happened. Probably so. But she's
1: like, no, no, I don't want to waste a
0: banana. Uh, well, let us know, listeners. If you eat a banana like that by peeling it open and cutting it with a knife, let us know. Write to us at friend at gmail.com. I'm curious.
1: So, I mean, I don't want to jump off the topic too quick, but did I tell you I got a banana tree?
0: No, uh, well, I think you did. I don't know if you told on the show, but I think you told me off the show. I got a banana tree, and I'm telling you, we bought it over the summer,
1: and we planted it, and it has taken off. It's amazing and beautiful. It's growing, and I just can't wait till it starts to fruit.
0: So you haven't gotten any bananas just yet? None yet. When do they come? Summer? I don't know when they come. Huh. I read the paperwork
1: that came with the tree and it didn't tell me. It just says that, you know, you got to keep it. it it'll, it's good until 26 degrees, which, you know, we do get snow here usually at least once a year. Right. So I'll have to cover it. I bought a burlap for that. So that way I'm ready to go. It didn't say when it fruits, but it just says that, you know, it, it doesn't need uh, cross-pollination or anything like that. It's ready to go.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Well, when you get it, you're not going to like, cut them open like a weirdo then right (laughs) well i might just to try it to try elise style
1: yeah i'm definitely gonna have to go elise style (laughs) i will tell you though and i think i already told you again off air that i also bought a passion fruit vine yes and it just fruited oh
0: i got blossoms nice so blossoms not like ripe yet no no not ripe yet but you
1: know it makes the big fly
0: it may a giant flower i was kind of surprised
1: and then right in the center it almost looks like a uh You know, like when a lemon starts to form. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty pumped. I don't know. We're going to see what happens. We keep watching it.
0: Me and Tessa go out every day and look. Speaking of fruit, there is a lot of orange juice in this episode. Like everyone's drinking orange juice. There's orange juice on the counter. And most upsettingly, when Elise is working over there on her blueprints, she's got a filled to the top glass of orange juice sitting right there by all of her like original documents that she's working on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right like that you know it's bad enough like by a computer or something but if that spills out of those blueprints she's starting over and there's no like undo there's no like save file or cloud that you can download that from it's done no yeah you're starting over just like you said and it's just a big open glass of orange you sitting there right by it did you
1: see that weird plastic thing that had all, all, like, the circles and the ovals and everything, and she
0: kept flipping the thing
1: around? And
0: Yeah, that's, uh, what do you call it? Not a compass. A compass, right? No.
1: Well, compass is the one that you use, like, it's got the pencil on one end, and...
0: Right, but a lot of, I mean, like, when I was in geometry, we had that same thing for circles, because it helps you to draw arcs. I didn't do
1: super well in geometry, so <laughs> it's probably because you didn't have the thing with the little circles. Like if you had that, well, you would have done great. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I didn't have a compass either because I know what they are,
0: but I don't think I ever owned one. It's right. not the right. It's not the right. A pro. Uh, what's it called? Protractor. Protractor. That's the word. That's what I'm saying. Compass is the one. Yeah, uh, with the pencil that you spin. I was getting it mixed up. Yeah, so the protractor is like the little rainbow one. Right, but like I had one that has like. Half of it has the rainbow-shaped thing, and then the other half has, like, circles. And then I also had like the triangle-shaped ones. You could get, like, right angles and 45-degree angles and stuff like that. And
1: all I know is that circle gets the square when you play Hollywood Squares.
0: That is true. Unless Gilbert Godfrey is there, and then you're out of luck. I always would take Bruce Valanche. <laughs> That's a deep cut there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs>
1: see if anybody uh, writes in about that one. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Bruce Valanche.
0: Oh, he's funny. Okay. And then one more beverage related thing that I noticed in this episode. Did you see the thing where Mallory had like this tiny glass bottle of like, I don't know, bubbly water, maybe like a Perrier or something, and she was pouring it into a glass that was like way bigger than the bottle that she was drinking it out of?
1: No, I didn't notice. Oh my gosh. I took so many notes this episode, though. Like, I took too many notes. <laughs> Everything I wrote down, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. There's so Write much it down. good. Oh, my gosh, this is funny. I
0: don't know. Uh, well, I love just seeing what the actors are doing in the background when stuff is happening. And it, it's just so funny. Because, again, it's, I mean, it was probably like, it was like half the size of like a New York seltzer. And then she had a big old kitchen glass and she poured it out of this tiny little bottle into the kitchen glass to drink. For like I mean, she could have done the whole when thing. Why in like don't one you just sip. drink it out of the bottle? Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Just to give her something to do, I guess.
1: <laughs> she saw, what's my motivation? <laughs> You're pouring. You're pouring the water.
0: Sha la la. Any other stuff that you uh, noticed or wanted to mention here?
1: The whole thing with Alex and the ticket and Mallory just selling them down the river every chance <laughs> she got. You know, she gave the cop a pen, then, you know, she told Alex, don't lie, and, you know, Alex at one point is talking about the cop, and he's like, I don't know how he would have seen me with his very thick glasses, and, you know, he didn't want to write me a ticket, and but Mallory wouldn't let it go, and Stephen, you know, when he's just talking about the kids, and he's like, oh, you know, Mallory was shopping by herself by the time she was six months old, and... <laughs> And he's like, you know, Alex, well, you can only get so close to Alex in a non-financial relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. And then he was talking about, you know, Stephen, talking about Jennifer. And, you know, they said, oh, you know, she was my buddy and she would call me her buddy. And pretty soon we forgot who was whose buddy. I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh. Uh, Alex's briefcase when it says, I love judges on the (laughs) side of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and i love the fact that he like took pictures of the stop sign to prove something but what what could he prove with a picture of a stop sign about how he stopped there that there
1: was one there yeah i
0: think that's about the only proof you'd get that's it right that doesn't show anything it doesn't show if you stopped there or not
1: maybe he stopped short and that was how he got there maybe you know, there was a skid mark it could have been but the fact when he's talking about Mallory's driving and why, you know, the whole thing came down because he wouldn't let her drive anymore. And he's like, passengers were diving off the sidewalk into the planners.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> and she's like, that's not true. and
0: Just so good. That was a great B story. Very funny.
1: I can't think of the last time Alex did a B story, was part of a B story. Was it when Steven was at his
0: mom's house at the end of last season? Might have been. Because he's, he's been pretty prominent. Or at least like a and a half, like the Mallory one with the artwork, yeah, he was kind of a B, but he was still like there alongside to play off of Mallory it wasn't his he wasn't the main character, but no, you're right, I mean, he's so
1: good, they're all so great, and Jennifer's definitely you can tell like she's becoming a woman, she's not thirteen, I mean obviously you know right. <laughs> I feel like when we started the season, didn't we, like, say, like, oh, yeah, she's, like, 10 or 11 or something, and now all of a sudden
0: she's 13. Yeah, she's grown quickly. I mean, whether or not that's the age she's supposed to be, she's definitely aging up in real life. Which is so weird that you, like, watch a kid, like, grow up on TV, you know?
1: I mean, really in the span of just a couple of years, too. Yeah. What about you? Did you catch anything that I didn't already mention? Because, you know, I mentioned pretty
0: much the whole show. Just a couple of little things. One... I really, like, identified with Steven's whole thing about, like, the kids growing up. Not so much them, like, leaving them out. But the I feel the pain of, like, you don't have those, like, little kid moments anymore. Even if they have fun new things, you really miss those times, you know. And this one yeah. that made me laugh but also, like, you know, tugged at the heartstrings is he's telling her, you know, to Jennifer about how they used to call each other Buddy. And she's like, Buddy is so babyish, Dad. And he's like, you didn't think that when you were three Which was funny, but also I'm like, (laughs) oh, that's, like, heartbreaking, you know? Yeah, 100%. And then uh, also, Steven, another one, he had some good stuff. When he was at the thing, at the the Sunflower Girls thing, and they tell him, you know, the lady says that they're going to have, like, a sex talk. And Jennifer's like, Dad, you need to go. And he's like, no, I can have a mature conversation about what she said. (laughs) (laughs) What she said. (laughs) That's pretty great. Ah, oh, Steven. He's the best.
1: Sha-la-la-la!
0: And then there's one other thing we had in this episode, which we haven't had in quite a while. We actually had a song we need to discuss. Oh, yeah, because the Sunflower Girls were singing a song. That's right. When they're at the house, uh, Elise tell Steven they sing songs. And he said, what kind of songs? And she says, I got a mule and her name is Sal. And then they <coughs> wind up singing that song at the... The Sunflower Girls. This is. Are you? Were you familiar with that song? Did it ring a bell at all? No, not at all. Okay, so I don't know. This is. It's, first of all, it seemed like an odd song for them to sing there, but I had like a very interesting music teacher growing up through elementary and even into junior high, and she like introduced us to like all different eras of music and stuff. So we sang this song in that music class. I very distinctly remember it. <laughs> The song is actually called Low Bridge Everybody Down, although some people refer it to a mule named Sal or other things, but the official title is Low Bridge Everybody Down. It was written in 1913 by Thomas S. Allen. Actually, it was published in 1913. It was recorded in 1912 originally, but it was most famously re-recorded probably by Pete Seeger, which is probably you know who they would have been familiar with singing it. Mm -hmm. What's interesting, though, is it's actually a historical song. That's why we learned about it in our music class, is it refers to the Erie Canal in, uh, you know, going through, like, Ohio and into New York and uh, Pennsylvania. I don't know exactly where it runs. We actually went and visited parts of the canal system when we went to Ohio and the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Very, very fascinating. And what they would do is these boats would go along the canals, but, you know, they're not like a flowing river. It doesn't always go the way they want. And so they would have mules would would be tied to the boat and would walk on the land and pull the boats along the water. (laughs) And then when they got to a low bridge, which is the song, low bridge, everybody down. What it means is like people had to like go down because they would bring, um, you know, supplies, but they also would bring passengers sometimes like wealthy people would pay to go on these boats. And if they were sitting up on top of the boat. Um, you know, looking at the sights, they'd have to go down below deck or else they'd get hit by these bridges and go into the low bridges. <laughs> so that's why it's low bridge everybody down. 15 miles on the Erie Canal. That's how wow. long the mule would pull it before they had to be rested and traded out for a new mule. 15 miles. That's so crazy. Every lyric in that song is all like about little interesting historical facts about it and all the, just the way that that whole stuff works. So if you want to learn about that period, it's all like boiled down in these like little know, five or six verses or whatever.
1: It's almost like an oral history that they've used to pass down, like, that information.
0: It's a very, like, interesting little time capsule there. And when you go and see in person, like, you can physically see what it looked like, it brings it to life. It was really interesting.
1: Yeah, because I can't imagine that those bridges would be super tall. And so it would make sense that everybody would have to get down or else you're going to, you know, lose your melon. That's right. Well, you probably weren't going fast enough to die, but.
0: No, but you still got to get get out of the way or you're going in the Erie canal. You go for a swim. And there was like whole little communities that like lived on the river. There'd be like a boat that was like a store and people would live on it and you'd pull up next to it and then you'd get your supplies and stuff. Like it was really, really like houseboats, you know, people that like just traveled up and down and lived in their boats. So interesting. What is your moral for this episode?
1: Well, you know me. Normally, I like to boil it down to get to the real essence of it, the root of it. And this time, I really struggled because I'm kind of in the same situation that Stephen's in. You know, I got a 20-year-old. I got a 17-year-old. Yeah. And I'm still trying to find my footing. Like, where do I fit into their life? And the answer is more and more, less and less, Mm. which is kind of sad so my my moral is, you know, kind of the way I feel and it's just it sucks cuz when your kids grow up, you don't know what your place is in their lives anymore. You have to give them time and space to figure out who they are so you know how you can fit in.
0: That sounds pretty well boiled down to me. I, I think that's pretty great. Maybe it's just cuz I'm frustrated because, you know,
1: when you're when they're a little kid, like you're their world. Yeah. And, you know, we went to the San Diego Zoo this last weekend and Trying to get everybody on the same page is kind of a
0: pain in the neck, and I I can imagine it's only going to get more difficult. Well, and you have quite a spread, too. You've got some very young ones at home, and you've got your older kids, and that's got to be challenging, too, like, juggling that. Oh, yeah. Well, because to
1: the little one, I am her world. Right. Anytime, (laughs) you know... I was outside at one point because our power went off, and so I'm like, "Well, I might as well go do something." I got to fix the pool filter thing, and so I'm out there doing that. And Tessa is like, "Hey, I'm going to help you," and I'm like, "Okay, come on." So (laughs) she follows me around everywhere. She always wants to work and do chores, and you know, we go and look at our trees. And when I planted the banana tree, all of a sudden we got a tomato plant that sprouted, and it's crazy big. And so we check the tomatoes on it, and that's awesome. You know, we just yeah, we just kind of go around and do our thing, and so. When she grows up, it's really going to suck, and I think
0: I'm just going to have to shrink them. I keep telling my kids to stop growing up, and they do not listen. These
1: silly kids. So, did you have a moral?
0: Yeah, it was very much along those lines, because like you said, I very much identified with Stephen's struggle in this. Although I'm not quite to like the point where I'm feeling it so much. And I'm, I'm still hopeful that our you kids will pull away less than others, but it's still different. Even if they do want to be around you, they, you know, they have other stuff to do. They don't have all the time just to hang around and do everything with you, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, and eventually they're going to get jobs. And when they get jobs, that kind of changes the dynamic. And, you know, holidays become, you know, once they have a significant other, even if it's just a boyfriend, girlfriend, like there's times when they go spend time with the other family.
0: My moral then that I came up with was that, you know. Be there for your kids, but be there where they need you to be, not where you want to be. Sometimes the kids, you know, in this case we saw, like, Stephen wants her to go do all the things they did when they were little. But he's not, like, looking to see where can he fit in where she's at right now. What does she need? How does she want to spend time with him? And uh, he really, he should be looking for that those opportunities because she's not going to be that little tiny girl anymore. So... You can uh, either grow with the times or, you know, miss out entirely.
1: Hopefully, uh, he's learning that lesson. It seems like Elise is obviously the voice of reason in this whole thing. <laughs> right. And she's like, you know, she'll come back around, but you just got to feel like where you're going to fit and try to hit those moments when you can and then wait for the next opportunity.
0: It's hard though,
1: poor Stephen. It is. And, you know, a little girl
0: needs her mom. So yeah, it's true. Makes sense. And she'll need her dad too, but just in a different context a lot of times. Definitely.
1: Sha-la-la-la.
0: We need to bring this episode to a close, is what we need to do. Well, Keith, if someone wanted to get in hold of us, give us their comments or questions or whatever, where would they do that? They should find us on Facebook on Alex B. Keaton is my
1: friend at Facebook. That's a good idea. They should also, since they're there, join our group friend of Alex B. Keaton is my friend and they can make comments. They can talk to other listeners, other, you know, they can interact with us. I've been doing a lot better on Facebook now that I see whenever anybody does anything. Yeah,
0: You got your pictures there from your trip,
1: all kinds of stuff. And I just got a notification. Apparently Heidi's posting photos now. So nice. You know, Our anniversary is actually tomorrow, the real day of it, and so we're kind of, uh, you know, she's she's posting videos and pictures and all kinds of stuff now.
0: Well, happy anniversary, actual anniversary! Remind everyone how many years are we talking again? Twenty-five. Woo! Twenty-five years. You guys are
1: coming up, right? I
0: mean, we're coming up on twenty. March will be twenty. I was just
1: gonna say twenty. Okay.
0: Yeah. Time flies. I know it's crazy. And
1: when I look back, I'm like, how has it been
0: 25
1: years already? But if listeners don't want to go on Facebook, maybe they don't have social media. They don't want any part of that. They can always email us at at gmail.com. That would be fantastic. We would love to know what your
0: favorite tangent is. (laughs) We would. We would. (laughs) There's always plenty of them. I can tell you. Oh, yeah. Well, Keith, thanks again for uh, recording tonight. It's been a lot of fun. Yes, always. Thank you so much. Thank you, dear listeners, for joining us. We appreciate you, as always. And we will see you again next time on another very special episode of Alex B. Keaton is my friend.
1: What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love
0: each other through. And what would we do, baby, without us?